this big, life-changing thing Vanya was going to do for himself. Now, granted, it was murder, so I'm not like saying it's a good thing, but <laughs> right. it, it was the thing he was going to do that was going to change his life. Welcome back, everybody, to No Script, an unscripted conversation about theater's best scripts. I'm Jacob. I forgot that I was supposed to say my name. I was like, was... now Jackson jumps in, but I didn't say that the part that I was supposed to say, which is that I am Jacob Man Christensen. And I am Jackson Nikolai. You're starting you're off hot dra- today. Yeah, I thought you were just dramatically pausing, and I was there for it because they're pausing talking about a pretty- for my name. Like that's the big revelation. <laughs> I'm I'm an arrogant human being, but not that arrogant. Not, Not that yet. arrogant yet. <laughs> I got a couple of years before. No, I'm... Right, okay. right, right. <laughs> well, I mean, dramatic pauses yes. and name names. You, is, is, you is, pulled is it around. A relevant theme for today because we're talking about a play with someone's name in it, full of dramatic pauses. A play with someone's name in it, <laughs> as opposed to last week when we talked about a play where there were no names, zero names. Oh, I pulled Just it out. There we it is, got just it. a bunch we of descriptors. <laughs> <laughs> this week we are talking about Uncle Vanya by Anton Chekhov. That is so right. I got to tell the audience this. I texted Jackson this early in the week as we were preparing to record this episode. And my text was something to the effect of like, I got to tell you, I was really dreading having to read this <laughs> script and do this episode. It's like... I mean, I I know Chekhov is amazing, and I think Chekhov is amazing, and I know that when I read it, I'm gonna love it. But it's like on the front end of picking up a Chekhov script to read, you know, there's a high barrier of entry yep. to getting the names, to getting the context and the culture. I know that I'm gonna have to like think about what translation I'm gonna find and where mm-hmm. I can get different. So I was like, ah oh, man, Uncle Vanya got to do this thing, and I just, I mean, I just re fell in love with this script. Like it did not take long when I. I started it for me to just be like this play and I've read it before of course but it was a a new revelation as it is every time that I was just like this play is so stinking good it is really good it's so good I mean it's you you just understand why this this every time you do check read check off you see at least a good production you're just like no wonder this dude is the genius one of the geniuses of all time like this is Mm -hmm. so good Something about the like themes that he pulls out of it, something about like catching people in moments of just like prolonged uh prolonged grief about things that they can't change um uh kind of like speaks into yeah yeah it's 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 a beautiful script really great characters and yeah i i like i think the last it's been a number of years since i read this play and i often when i think of it in my head get it confused with the cherry orchard and so i was coming back to it and was like super excited to like rediscover it again about partway through. I was like, Oh, it's this one. Right. Um, and all the characters are just really, it'll be, it'll be a little tough to, I, I'm excited for the conversation because so many characters have so much weight um, in terms of like the structure of the script too. They get like long soliloquies. The, and it, it, All of the checkoff, at least the four major plays are actually incredible ensemble plays. Yeah. Like I don't think he gets enough credit for that though. I mean, there are there are some tertiary characters in Uncle Vanya that are like, you know, I, I would call them small parts. Although there's no small parts, only small actors. Blah blah. But right, right, right. there there are some tertiary <laughs> characters, right? But when you think about like the main whatever five to six characters, and you, I think this is true over all four of them, like they all carry a lot of the show. These are really strong ensemble pieces, which is why I think uh, colleges do them a lot. Other than like. I think that colleges feel like they, they, we have a we I say we because I'm at a university have a responsibility to carry on some of theater history in a way that commercial theater doesn't always do. So there's that part of a university's mission, but there's also the part that they're just great ensemble plays, and that's sometimes hard to find. It is, yeah, yeah, and really like 
Yeah, if you if any, any number of the characters in this one, if you got it, there would be something to sink your teeth into. Even the tertiary characters have like deep backstories, w like brief scenes where that the, there's a great scene. We'll get to it eventually. Well, or maybe we won't because there's so much to talk about. But uh, where two of the tertiary characters all of a sudden get this really touching scene yeah. between them, and it lasts for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, such such a rich play. Excited to get to talk about it. We have a couple announcements to start off the conversation today. Um, uh, before we get into it, though, the uh, first one is uh, themed month is a coming. Um, we've got just a couple weeks left until themed month arrives. Um, and uh, we're, we're getting excited for it. Hopefully you are as well. Yes, this November, so wherever you are and listening to this episode, whether you're years in the future or you're listening alongside in the present, November 2022 is our themed month for this season. Like Jackson said, just a couple weeks away. We are uh, we're calling themed month this season, uh, what are we calling it, Jackson? We're calling <laughs> you know, it New Chats, question. Old Scripts. There it is. Or something to that effect. <laughs> I was I was paging through my notes trying to like yeah we call it and I just believed some yes ending new chats chats old scripts uh -huh. we're returning to some scripts of ours that we've done in previous seasons um with a little bit of a new angle on them either there's there's a number of different kind of ways that we're using this lens and we're excited to share that with you we're not sharing it quite yet but uh the the kind of revisits to them will be based on things like uh, another edition of the script or another production has come out or we have a new angle on it because we've worked on it, things like that. So we're we're coming back uh, around to a number of those scripts which we'll be releasing soon. That's right. So these will be short conversations because we've already talked about these plays. We're not going to do context or synopsis as part of these episodes. Though These are sort of follow-up chats about scripts we've already done an episode on. And this is kind of in the spirit of theater as as different than movies uh, is something that happens more than once well at least the productions of a play is right you might see let's say uncle vanya once when you're you know in your mid-20s say and you'll see the play a certain way and then you'll see another production 10 years later and then another production 10 years after that and with changing perspectives with new information productions change over time and and the different producing houses and how they choose to do it all that changes as you come back to a script um so so that's sort of our feeling about this conversation we will have four episodes that will have some new angle towards uh, some perspective of ours that has changed for some reason and this themed month we'll sort of doing a combination of our special episodes every season because our special guest episode will be part of a themed month so we'll be bringing in a totally new perspective on one of the scripts we've already discussed. So you can look out for that. Just a few short weeks. November, themed month, new chats, old scripts. Hope you'll be there. Yes, indeed. Okay, starting to turn towards the conversation again, but before we do, want to say thank you to our patrons. Thanks, patrons. You guys are awesome. Uh, if you're looking for a way to help out the show, patreon.com slash noscriptpodcast is a great way to do that. Um, we have a number of different tiers of membership over there, and as for as low as $1 a month, which is $12 over the course of a year, you can help out the show a bunch, and, and, and it really does help out the show a bunch. This is not a, a free show. We love getting to do it. We love getting to talk to you and to each other and to the whole No Script community about scripts and the patrons at patron... At patron? <laughs> the patrons at patreon.com slash noscriptpodcast make that possible. Thank you all so much. Means the world to us. If you're looking for a way to join in the fun of the No Script community, patreon.com slash noscriptpodcast is a great way to do it. We will see you over there. And now back to the script. There we go. Hey, okay. So I have been handed the virtually impossible task <laughs> of providing a historical reckoning for Uncle Vanya, the, right. the spot that we call the context session. So I'm, I'm not really going to be able to do it. I'm going to give kind of a brief introduction to uh, that when it came out, and then I'm going to skip like about 100 years just to skip forward to some productions that we might recognize, some theater names that you might recognize. Because this play, it's been out for 125-ish years now. It is one of the plays that is the most recognizable across the world. It has been performed thousands upon thousands of times in many, 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 many different theaters all over the world. It has really, uh, as all of Chekhov's work has, 
changed drama in the West uh, permanently, forever. Uh, the work that Chekhov did changed drama, and and so t- to talk about this script is is amazing. I mean, we get it's, we've it's done amazing and daunting. It and... is. We've done. <laughs> yeah. uh, we have now. This will be our third of the four major Chekhov plays that we've discussed on this podcast. I would imagine sometime in the future we'll we'll complete the cycle and do four of right. four. But we're three of four right now. We've talked about the seagull. Uh, and we've talked about the cherry orchard, and now we are talking about Uncle Vanya. This is again part of that uh, four major Chekhov plays. Chekhov had a lot of other kinds of writing that he did, as well as being like a medical doctor. So he he had a, an illustrious career of his own time, and then he wrote these four masterworks of the theater. And some people have talked about Uncle Vanya in that I, I keep trying to say like quadrilogy quartet is the word i'm looking for i was trying to combine uh, quad and trilogy for some reason but it's quartet <laughs> among that quartet of scripts uh this is the one that some people describe as being his first fully mature play as a dramatist uh the one where he was coming into the absolute height of his powers um and as somebody who's very familiar with all four of those plays i will tell you that i also think that uncle vanya is the one that packs the biggest punch i i mean i just i can't tell you how much i fell in love with the script preparing for this episode i'm like buzzing with ideas about how i want to do it <laughs> I, this is such a good play um it was published uh, first in 1898 had some small regional productions but then and some people confuse this with the first production ever of the script it was really just the first production of any note the first major production of the play was done in 1899 by the moscow art theater yes the moscow art theater and the stanislavsky directed the first major production of this script whoa he also played astrov the doctor in that production and as many people know and can tell you in much more brilliant detail than I can, the, the, the influence of Stanislavski on Chekhov's work is enormous. Chekhov wrote his plays sort of thinking that they were one thing, and Stanislavski's The Method— of of his acting method that has changed acting in the West forever, uh, his, that way of doing his plays uh, totally changed sort of what they were and what they were about. And and really nowadays we understand Chekhov's work through the work that Stanislavski did on them. And and so th- that I'm not sure I'd call it a collaboration because actually there was quite a bit of tension between them in terms of the work. But that pair, uh, Chekhov the writer and Stanislavski the director actor, uh, as a team, really created these uh, created Uncle Vanya as we know it today. So now there's a part where I'm going to skip ahead quite a bit. There were many, many, many productions of this play all over the world. It swept the globe. Um, now we'll skip ahead to uh, 1962, where the the famous production of Uncle Vanya featuring Laurence Olivier and uh, Michael Redgrave. Um, and that was sort of considered the height of the Vanya-Dr. Ostrov pairings for a long time. That was filmed in 1963. Uh, that film is available out there in the in the world for you to try to pick up. 1973, uh, Uncle Vanya was on Broadway at Circle and Square Theater. 1978, it was at the John F. Kennedy Center for the Performing Arts with Peter O'Toole playing. He started, this is an interesting feature, he started as Vanya, but it was sort of determined in the rehearsal and early performance process that he it was not working. <laughs> and so he shifted <laughs> and played the doctor instead, and they brought in a new Vanya for that particular production. Jackson and I were actually chatting a little bit about, before we started recording as we were getting set up, about how sort of interesting it is that in the famous productions, actually, as you'll see as I go through this list, that a lot of the famous actors were playing Astrov the Doctor and not Uncle Vanya himself. It'd be interesting to think about, I don't think we'll chat about it today, but as a question for the world, it's interesting to think about why that is about the role of Vanya. In 1992, the play was at the Royal National Theater with Ian McKellen as Vanya and Anthony Sher as the Doctor. Uh, This duo... Uh, Ian McKellen and Anthony Sher was sort of the new, most anticipated, most lauded duo to do the work since Laurence Olivier and Michael Redgrave. 
in the year 2000 was at the Brooks Atkinson Theater, which is on Broadway. Uh, Derek Jacoby and Laura Linney were in the roles of uh, Uncle Vanya and Yelena. Uh, 2012, it was part of the Lincoln Center Theater Festival. Uh, this was the production with Kate Blanchett playing Yelena. There's a great review of this production on the New York Times backlogs, which you should check out. Uh, an, Austri- an Austrian director uh, who really hadn't worked in English, or I'm sorry, he was a Hungarian director, who hadn't really worked in English much before, directed this play and brought sort of a whole new element of physicality to it, which was, it was fascinating for me to read about. Um, 2008 at the Bard Summerscape, uh, starring Peter Dinklage as Vanya, sort of a very interesting casting for that role. The the Bard Summerscape is at the Fisher Center in New York. Uh, at 2017, the Goodman Theater produced a new translation adaption written by Annie Baker. This was directed by the legendary Chicago director, Robert Falls. There's some great video interviews with that group about doing Uncle Vanya. It was at uh, the Old Globe in San Diego in 2018, the New American Theater in California in 2019, and then Connor McPherson's translation or adaption was uh, in 2020 at the Harold Pinter Theater in London. It was filmed by PBS and rebroadcast in 2021. This is the production that you may have seen some clips of recently that's gotten a lot of traction with Toby Jones as Uncle Vanya. It's incredible. It's magnificent. It's it's heart-wrenching. Check it out if you can. There's been a lot of film adaptions of Uncle Vanya, as you can imagine. Here are just uh, three notable ones. The 1963 film adaption with Laurence Olivier and Michael Redgrave. There is a famous film adaption that's called Vanya on 42nd Street in uh, 94. This was sort of a filming of a sort of conceptual staging of Uncle Vanya. Actually, I learned about it in theater history class in undergrad. I don't know if you remember that, if if that was part of your class. You were a couple years no, ahead yeah. of me. But Vanya on 42nd Street was sort of a seminal production of Uncle Vanya, which was then filmed. This was a translation adaption by David Mamet, but also had Wallace Shawn and Julianne Moore in some of the roles. In 1996, there was a film adaption just called August, uh, which was starring Anthony Hopkins. And then some of the more recent traction, which maybe you have, you'll recognize this title, is surrounding the movie Drive My Car, the 2021 Oscar-nominated incredible movie Drive My Car is not an Uncle Vanya adaption or translation of any kind. Rather, it is about a man who is direct, a theater director directing a production of Uncle Vanya um, as he is grappling with the untimely death of his wife. And he was mm. when he's an actor, his wife basically makes recordings, as all actors know, I'm sure, recordings to memorize your lines, where someone says the other lines for you so you can just do it while you're running or driving. His wife, just before she passed away, made those recordings for him. And so some of the movie is him driving or actually being driven around, listening to those tapes of his wife after she's passed. It's a very sad movie, really incredible movie, and all surrounding Uncle Vanya. So yeah, the the play the title has been in the news some recently due to that movie. That is a brief, very biased, sort of weighted towards American productions with high star quality context, but I thought I'd give you some names you could recognize and some sense of how ingrained this play is in the world of the theater. Yeah, super prevalent, lots of talented, lots of talent has been delivered to this play and and put into this play, um, and excited to get the chance to talk about it. I'm going to jump into the synopsis. Now, it's my turn to do a couple of caveats. The first is uh, I have a cold, so I do my best to try to edit out all the coughs, but if I miss one, sorry about that. Um, so I'm going to jump in Y'all are lucky. He tested his cough drop out before we started recording <laughs> to did. see if you could hear it on his teeth, and so we, we cut the cough drop, so it just- did. <laughs> it so, might have so been worse. <laughs> it could have been worse. We could have been clicking and clacking. Um, all right. The second is um, <laughs> the the plot itself um, is is such an intricate plot um, and so many like beautiful scenes to zoom in on. I'm gonna do just a passing glance at these acts of four acts, and I'm gonna miss stuff because there's so much in it. Um, but I'm gonna do my best to give us you know kind of guiding lines to start with. The last thing I'll say is the names of this play. Now, for those of you who have uh, read a Chekhov play before, you know what I'm about to say. First of all, um, the typical 
thing that we say, which is these are names uh, that are kind of born out of Russia and Russian. Um, So we're going to do our best with the pronunciations of them. Um, But the other is that Chekhov loves to give you a name in the character description and then almost no one uses that name. (laughs) Yeah, it's like a Russian thing. They have like four names and each part of the name indicates something about their lineage or their connection. And then nobody calls them that through the whole course of the play. It's like, oh, and we have this nickname that's not in the character description. (laughs) Yeah. So, so I'm going to get start with the names. I think that's how I'm going to start off the synopsis. We have uh, this family, um, this family uh, that uh, is spending the summer on the estate together. Now, the unique thing is that this uh, estate technically is... Oh, owned is a weird word, but um, uh, this this pretty prominent professor who we uh, will just use his name Alexander Professor Alexander um, is kind of the 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 head of this family. Um, now he was uh, married to his first wife, and with uh, that first wife, he had his daughter Sonia. Um, his first wife's brother is Vanya, the title character of the play, um, and uh, Vanya. And his his now passed away sister are the daughter and or the son and the daughter of Maria, who is still alive and who is around at the estate still during the summer. Um, a couple other characters. A note: uh, Yelena uh, is a very important character. Um, she is Alexander's second wife. Um, and uh, then there's the doctor Astrov, um, who uh, is another important character. Who's in most of the scenes. Um, and then the last two uh, characters is kind of a uh, a nurse, Marina. Um, and, uh, sort of, uh, there's, hmm, how do we, how do we say what Waffles is? Ilya Waffles. Um, <laughs> it's funny um, to even say, how do we say what Waffles is? That's the sentence that was just uttered. That's hilarious. You know, the, his character description is an impoverished landowner. Um, uh, but he's kind of a hangers on. He's kind of, uh, he does, he does some servant-esque things. Like he gets the carriage for people. Like people just tell him to go get the carriage ready. Um, so he's a, he's around too. Uh, you may have you may have noticed the tertiary characters that we've been to, we've been referring to. Um, uh, most of, most of, mostly he and uh, Marina kind of occupy those roles. But that said, that's kind of the family unit. Now this summer is odd because most of the time Vanya and Sonia and uh, Marina are and and uh, Vanya's mother Maria. Um, are kind of on the state estate alone. They run the estate, um, uh, which includes like you know some farming, some uh, 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 harvesting and selling of goods, and they send that money on to Alexander and now Yelena in the city. Um, Alexander was a prominent professor, I believe, a theologian, um, and uh, yeah, kind I of think wrote... I think he's an art. He he writes about art, and that becomes a, a point of negotiation between him and Vanya. Yep. Vanya, mm-hmm. basically, the, the line that you'll hear quoted a lot is like, he writes all about art, but knows nothing about it. Yes, yes. Um, uh, and but but that kind of career of his has kind of tapered off, and he while he he may have been a pretty prominent speaker and even a prominent published author, um, his his career has tapered off, and he's kind of twilighting a little bit. Um, and because he can't uh, kind of sustain the lifestyle of living in the city, he's decided to try to come out and live in the country. Um, something that neither he nor his uh, new second wife Elaine are very used to. Um, so the uh, that kind of sets the stage for what is about to transpire. The first act of the play takes place in uh, sometime in summer. Um, the production that I uh, watched a version of kind of places it in July. Um, and uh, they, the, the scene kind of starts off with the doctor, um, Astrov, and, uh, uh, and, and Vanya kind of having a conversation about the, uh, the visit of these outsiders to the villa. And there's some discontent around that. Um, uh, Astrov has been called because Alexander is pretty frequently ill um, uh, with both his uh, aging and being in the country. So Astrov has been called, but Alexander is nowhere to be found. So he's kind of uh, uh, just kind of around in the courtyard. Um, and uh, some some pretty important things happen in this scene. You get um, uh, a little bit of connection between Astrov and uh, Sonia. Now, Sonia, uh, again, is the daughter of the first marriage of Alexander um, and his first wife and uh, Vanya's niece. And she uh, displays some affection for Astrov. Astrov is kind of this uh, 
philosopher doctor. He has these kind of grand ideas. At one point in the scene, he's he's also uh, a cultivator of forests, um, and you kind of get the sense that he's a bit of a naturalist, and uh, he has these kind of large ideas, large philosophies that he talks about, and uh, Sonia kind of is drawn towards him, even though he seems to kind of uh, operate outside of her orbit. He doesn't seem to kind of return much of that affection, though he is he does respond to her in this first scene, especially. And he and Vanya are very close friends. Um, apparently, he has sort of a, a mini studio. He also like does map making. He has a lot of hobbies. Yep. He has uh, a lot of hobbies. And he, he likes to come over and make maps in the evening while Vanya and Sonia are working on the accounts and stuff. So he's around some. And, and Vanya is, of course, Sonia's sort of the person raising her because her real father is off in the city being a professor. Uh, but he's around more now because of the professor and Yelena. Well, yeah, so so the professor and Elena and Maria all come home at one point, and pretty quickly we start to see why so many people are around. Um, so you have uh, them arriving, and uh, Elena is much younger, first of all, which I don't know if I said specifically much younger than Alexander. She's in, like, her 20s, and Alexander is later in his life. Um, uh, I, I don't have an exact age in my script, but he's, he's, he's old. Um, and so uh, both... Uh, pretty much right away when she enters, Vanya like says to Astrov, I love her. She's beautiful. How can I like, <laughs> what am I doing? How can I not be married to her? Um, or how can I not love her? And, and this just, just kind of said openly to the, to, to the courtyard. Um, and, uh, he's, he's not very sneaky about this. Um, the other thing that starts to happen is, uh, Astrov ends up having a conversation with Yelena as well. And it's clear that he probably has some, uh, feelings towards her. Um, and, and you start to see the sort of web that is being, being, uh, spun around uh, around this family. The scene ends with uh, Vanya declaring a pretty uh, 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 a passionate love for Yelena, and she, depending on how you play the role, tells him to sh- shut up. I don't want to hear about it. Um, or like, kind of the the. There's also versions that have the kind of like egging him on, leading him on sort of energy in in that scene as well. So you get to see the sort of like some tension between them. Act two. Uh, takes place still in summer. It's late at night, very late, like one in the morning, and everyone is still up, um, and everyone is still angsty. Um, so you, you've got uh, Alexander. The, the scene starts with him, and he's complaining about his pain um, and his old age. He complains about Astrov and how uh, the doctor really can't uh, diagnose what's going on with him. He thinks he's a fool. Um, uh, and he and Yelena kind of have a bit of a back and forth around some of her frustration around still like being up and his kind of controlling of her being up. Um, uh, and then eventually Sonia wakes up and kind of comes into the room and is like, do you need anything? Are we doing anything? What's going on? Um, <laughs> and uh, finally, uh, Vanya comes into the room and he's like, okay, you all go to bed. I'll hang out with the old guy. Um, and it's clear pretty quickly that Vanya has been drinking. Um, uh, Alexander and Vanya have no real love for each other. They both say things pretty, uh, not passively, aggressively, just kind of aggressively to each other. Um, and, uh, pretty soon the nurse comes in and ushers Alexander off to bed. She says she'll help him with some of his pain and, uh, and brings him off to bed. And then proceeds a couple of other scenes. Um, you have a scene between, uh, Yelena and Vanya. Again, kind of a back and forth between them. It's clear that there's some feelings between them. Um, and eventually she gets up and goes to bed and we have our first of these kind of soliloquies where, um, Vanya kind of reflects around if only he had married her back when he met her 10 years ago or something like that, that they could have had some sort of beautiful relationship. And you start to get the sense that he's got this, like, my, what has my life been? I've been here managing this estate. Um, for someone who I this find like I idolized this person when I never met had I never really spent time with him and now that I'm spending time with him it's all been ripped out from under me he's a jerk and what what have I spent my life for I could at one point he says I could have been a Dostoevsky or something like that if I had like had a different life so that's the kind of first of those solilo- soliloquies that starts to happen. Um, but eventually, uh, Astrov comes out, and uh, it's clear that he and Vanya have been drinking together. Um, they kind of both uh, occupy this this moment of uh, of melancholy together as they both reflect on on their lives in the country here as philosophers um, and and their ultimate <laughs> uh, frustration with that. And then uh, another scene uh, goes on between Sonia and. 
uh, Yelena. And this is kind of the other one that I'll spend a bit more time on in Act 2. It's one that sets up quite a bit of information going forward. Um, Yelena and Sonia have been at odds with each other for some time, and it's not really uh, clear why exactly at the start of the scene, but it becomes clear that Sonia has uh, had some... Uh, anger towards Yelena at her marrying her father in what she thinks is uh, an attempt to just get at her father's money. Um, and uh, they have this scene together and they have this back and forth. Um, they say, uh, Yelena, I think, says we should not stay angry at each other. We could be friends. We don't have to be this miserable in the same house together. Um, and uh, Sonia asks her some point blank questions like, did you love my father? And Yelena says, yes, I think I think I did. I don't anymore, <laughs> which is like brutally honest. Um, but uh, but in fact, uh, she she said that when she met him, she thought that she did love him. And now she wishes that she had married someone younger. Sonia confesses to Yelena that she loves Dr. Ostrov. Um, and uh, she asks her, what, what do you think I should do about that? Is that okay? Um, and Yelena is like, he seems nice. Um, and so the, the scene kind of ends with them having um, uh, some, some bit of friendship between them um, before uh, them uh, kind of parting ways for the evening. Um, there's, there's other scenes in there, but I just got to move on. We got to move on to some of the other stuff. Um, uh, act three is a big act. Um, we're now in the autumn. There's continued attention between uh, Vanya and Yelena kind of throughout. Just assume that's happening. But the other big action of the scene is uh, Sonia comes to Yelena and asks for her help with Ostrov, who uh, is, is, you know, months into this. Sonia is kind of like in in pain over her, her uh, affections for him and him not returning any of her affections and not picking up on the hints that she's dropping. So Yelena offers to uh, kind of uh, ask him point blank or hint at it aggressively um, and see if he has any feelings for her. She uh, goes and has a meeting with Astrov, who uh, kind of launches into this long description of maps and about how the Industrial Revolution has stripped the land of all its trees and all the animals and how it's really a bad thing. We haven't replaced any of the stuff that we've built with anything good. Um, and he eventually figures out that she's not very interested in that. And uh, she uh, kind of pivots and says, do you have any feelings for Sonia? And, it, and he says, no, I don't. Um, uh, and not only that. Um, but she kind of says, okay, so since you don't have any feelings for her, her, you need to leave. Now, prior to this, she has had a soliloquy of her own, Yelena. She has kind of regretted her being here in the country. She hates being kind of in this house of constant angst. Um, and um, also she knows why Ostrov continues to spend time here. And it's because of her. Um, she she says that she, I know that there's feeling that he has feelings for me. Um, and now I have to go and try to help Sonia with this. Um, so when she kind of gets him to say that he, he has no feelings for Sonia, he perceives this as some sort of a, a romantic trap for him. And he pushes uh, a little bit more aggressively for them to have some sort of romantic connection, suggesting that they meet in the woods somewhere the next day. The scene ends with him pretty much like leaning in forcibly for a kiss. Um, and Vanya oversees this, um, as, uh, Yelena, uh, uh, tries to, tries to push him away. Vanya oversees this. Um, this is followed right away by a big scene where uh, everyone is kind of ushered into the room. Briefly, um, Yelena tells Sonia that he has no feelings for her and he's going to go away. Um, uh, she is. She tells Vanya as they leave the room, speak of no, speak to no one about this, and we're leaving today. And I need you to help me leave this place and get back to the city. They enter the drawing room, and Alexander says, "Guess what? I'm selling this place, or I think I'm going to. Um, <laughs> and I think that the, the best way for me to make money is to sell it, buy a bunch of bonds, and earn some interest on the bonds. Um, what do you think?" And Vanya freaks out because this means that himself and Sonia and his mother Maria have no place to live. And they're basically, for him at least, uh, in this brief moment, he thinks he's going to be thrown out on the street. Um, he explodes, leaves the room, says, I'll show you, basically, you're going to regret this and I'll show you how. Um, and uh, leaves the room. Everyone is kind of uh, all all uh, worried about him. And they send out Alexander to go out and try to have a conversation with him. Uh, after which a shot is heard from offstage. Alexander comes running on stage. Vanya follows him with a gun, shoots another shot and misses um, and, uh, and collapses into a chair, having missed twice with the pistol. And that's the end of act three. Um, in, in a rare case, no one actually died from the gunshot in a Chekhov play. Um, <laughs> lastly, act four, here we go. Um, 
The end, the start of the play uh, or start of the act uh, begins with Astrov following Vanya around because no one wants him to be left alone. Um, and also because uh, Astrov knows that he has stolen morphine from him in an amount that would amount to a suicide attempt from him. And Astrov wants the morphine back so that uh, it's not his fault if he kills himself, basically. Um, Sonya gets him to uh, relinquish the morphine. And everyone uh, is is uh, kind of uh, rallying around the fact that Alexander and, and Elena are leaving. They've had enough. Um, they're going to just leave the estate as it is, go back to the city and figure something out. Um, Vanya goes and apologizes. Uh, Alexander forgives him. While that is happening, Yelena and Astrov have another scene together where it's clear that there is some affection shared between them. Sonia admits to having some feelings for Astrov and only now that she is leaving that she feels like she can admit them. Um, they have this moment where neither of the one of them really wants to end the conversation. There's lots of conversations that should end that don't um, in this play, which will be, might be a fun thing to talk about. Um, but uh, they, they kind of prolong conversations on and on and eventually they kiss she gets up and leaves. The uh, the pair of them having left, we have the kind of return into this room. Astrov again is trying to leave slowly. Vanya and Sonya are trying to find some work to do to try to kind of ground themselves in something normal again. And as you kind of see them return to their work, eventually Astrov after having um, uh, uh, <laughs> accepted more vodka. By the way, everyone's drinking prevalently throughout this play. Um, leaves what? And just all the plays? time. No, no, no. So no. much vodka. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, and eventually uh, everyone has left. We're down to just basically Vanya and Sonia together. Um, Vanya admits once again his miserableness. Sonia, who has in previous scenes convinced him of her own miserableness, um, says we just have to live out our days as best we can in the hopes that after we die, our lives will be better. Um, and that's kind of the end of the play. That was a wild ride. And I didn't cover like a third of the play. <laughs> Oof, Tom. Anybody who says nothing ever happens in Chekhov plays, I don't know about that accusation. I don't know about it. It seems sketchy to me. All right, right, right. I said it at the beginning of this conversation, but... <laughs> <laughs> But no, it's it's totally true though, because there's like, I think the the, the deception is that, you know, these people are stuck. Right. Like you, you feel the stuckness and like the phrase nothing ever happens, I think, is actually just revealing a frustration of nothing has changed. <laughs> like these, yeah. these, these poor, these poor people are still stuck here. Why did I spend this much time with them? Um, and and that's sort of uh, like I, I, I think that the, the kind of presence to dig down to that level of the critique actually might be a fun inroad into the conversation because. I don't think that's necessarily true. Like things do change, um, and and but but it's kind of different from how we would uh, like want the change to happen. You know, it's an interesting play in that, in some ways, the inciting incident happens before the action of the play. There yeah. is a lot of talk about the way the estate... Estate is the word used, and it's used in a couple of different Chekhov plays. There's estates. In this case, it's really more of a farm or a ranch. or a, yeah. It's a working business that actually doesn't make that much money. That was fairly typical for estate owners at the time in Russia, apparently, um, is that they were sort of barely scraping by. And so in this case, there's a lot of talk about how the farm, the estate, was running before the arrival of the professor and of Elena that and of course the professor and Elena are getting sent all the proceeds from the farm to support their work in the city this the all these people on the farm Vanya and Sonia and Marina they they sit around and they go we we are supporting the work of this famous genius this incredible professor who's doing all this work and then he's basically thrown out on his ear by the university and he shows up at the farm and they realize he wasn't that really at all, all along. And so that's part of the heartbreak is realizing all these years we spent toiling away on this farm to support this uh, professor and this urbanite in the city. And now he shows up in our rural scene where we're supposed to have we're supposed to be running a working farm. We get up early and do the hay and stay right. up late doing the accounts. And almost every character who's used to living on the farms, so this does not include the professor or Elena, says something to the effect of, boy, things have changed since the two of them showed up. We don't yeah. do anything. 
We're, we're up till all hours drinking. We're eating all this crazy food. We lounge around and nap all day in the middle of the day. What is happening? And so in some ways, the, the, and the, the world before the inciting incident is this farm and its regular everyday operations. The sort of barely scraping by, but making enough to survive. And then the professor and Elena arrive and interrupt everything. And so when we get back to the end of the play, we sort of return to how things were at the beginning, except that we've not seen that yet on stage. That's bef- the the last time that the world was the way it is at the end of the play was before the action of the play. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like a weird reverse discovery or an inside out <laughs> of the typical structure of like, oh, this happened before and we returned to, to a new normal. Um and and that action like I think that the other piece that like is is important in there is not only uh, is is life different with them around, um, but also and not only was was maybe Alexander not as big of a deal as everyone thought he was, even though Maria uh, still thinks he's a big deal. Um, but he's also just like he devalues what Vanya and Sonia put into the estate at the farm. Um, especially with with um, with his eventual like maybe we just sell the whole thing, um, and and we get we get a lot a lot of information around why this like flips Vanya out, but it is the big the big moment for him of like what have I done with my life if this is how you think that we should be treated? Um, because he not only worked the farm for however many years like twenty five years or something like that and re- basically raised Sonia. Um, but he also paid off the extra, like the farm was in debt when they bought it originally and he paid it off himself. Um, like his work, uh, with paid off his that. stake in the farm. I mean, that's the yeah. revelation I think that you learn sort of in the middle late of the play is he's put his whole life into working this farm and he doesn't own an acre of it. When he was young, he sold his share of the farm basically to his family to allow them to somehow the money worked out there so that that was able to pay back the debt that they needed in order to be able to own the farm, the estate outright. And so he is if they sell the farm out from under him, he has nothing because he doesn't own any of it. And he's been paid a salary by the professor, a measly salary that's never increased, despite the fact that Sonia's the one who actually owns the farm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, and 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 the way that the also the way that Sonia uh interacts with that as well, with her kind of working on the farm, um, but also like the just the weight that she eventually kind of acknowledges um, of of what it is to kind of be in this country estate by herself, um, uh, like and 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 uh, and 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 to uh, to kind of be in that state long enough that like this this any outsider is appealing certainly, but this that this doctor who is. Also, in like his late 40s, by the way, I forgot to d- describe the age difference. There's a significant age gap between them. Um, and 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 the, the appeal of him coming in and having these ideas and having an outside world's perspective to her is so appealing that she looks past the fact that he he says frequently that he cannot return any affection for her. Um, and, and whether that's because of his love for a Yelena or just his like general demeanor towards love and relationships, <laughs> um, is, is a little up in the air for some of the play. Um, but, but yeah, you, you kind of get the weight of, of, uh, of Sonia's lost time and lost, uh, kind of young life on this farm with her as well. Well, it's, it's, it's what Chekhov does so well amongst a lot of other stuff is, you have a huge amount of empathy. You can see his empathy for all of these characters. There really aren't any bad guys. They're all, they've all lost something. They're, they're all stuck. They've all wasted their lives. I mean, and and that's why these plays are so sad in some ways is it's like a whole bunch of people who are just in a mess. I mean, let's see if we can track the mess. Vanya (laughs) loves Yelena. Yelena loves the doctor but can't be with him because she's married to the professor the doctor loves yelena but doesn't love sonia sonia's in love with the doctor and amidst all this they're all 
trying to scrape by monetarily. Vanya is going to be old, you know, is old, is growing very old and doesn't have anything to show for the way he spent his life maintaining this farm. Everybody is discovering that the professor is not the genius that they thought he was. Uh, basically, everybody except Sonia is, and maybe Elena, are coping with old age and impending death and trying to figure out what their life meant all this time and why they made the choices that they made. And so there, there is this feeling that this is a, a depressingly sad play. And yet there is also this worldview of Uncle Vanya that it's sort of a melodramatic comedy. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's there's plenty of moments that are like as like you need someone with that in mind, um, uh, a team of of actors and directors with that in mind to to engage it. But there's plenty of almost farcical timing, um, uh, not quite farcical, but like you know, someone's in the next room or someone's behind this door or someone enters at exactly the right moment, etc. Sorts of things. Lots of one-liners and great like one-liners. Oh <laughs> yep. man. <laughs> Yep, and you also, I mean, there's also this like, the uh, this this will this will tie a little bit, but in the in the category of things that are depressing, there's also this like also the lands dying, um, happening in the background, um, but but those scenes are even couched in these like long monologues from Ostrov, <laughs> where he's just like talking about how trees have slowly uh, receded and how ducks matter like <laughs> and and why 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 the flock's shrinking and you just can imagine like his counterparts in the scenes one of the times it's Elena um just like how do I follow what you're talking about <laughs> like all of those scenes are are, are laden with opportunity for comedy in the midst of this uh heavy heavy weight of what's actually happening to them yeah well and and the characters uh, behave occasionally in ways that sort of seem melodramatic they they these are the kinds of characters that give great size and that are you know right. deeply in love with uh, someone who, unre who who is unrequited and and so i th i think that the possibility exists for you to read this as sort of exaggerated human behavior but i also think that there is a sort of deep empathy for the the crappy situations that they're in. I mean, in some ways, the mastery of the plot is like how in the world Chekhov assembled this number of people who are all in like the most dredging, painful moment in their life all at once somehow. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that sort of like all at once describes it quite quite well. I th and I think like. And like because of, of each other too. I mean, that's the other part of yeah. it. It's like it's like all of them have their own individual thing. They're all sort of in it together, and because of each other. Right. Right. Um, one one of the well, okay. So I was I was going to go a different direction, but I'm zigging instead of zagging. The so because of each other, and this ties back to something that you said earlier. I think I think there is one bad guy. Um, <laughs> I think Alexander is the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and there's two reasons for that. Um, one is, uh, uh, the, the, the sort of like the obvious, the low hanging fruit of he's impressing the family, blah, 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 blah. But also his farewell is about the least sympathetic farewell that we get. Well, he has been character. shot at. Yeah, but that's not what I'm talking about. He's fine with being shot at. He's like, <laughs> no, it's okay. I forgive you. Like that's another one of those crazy yeah, tragic comedy yeah, businesses. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> the piece that I'm the piece that I'm talking about is he goes up to the doctor as he's leaving, and he's like, you know, you have some good thoughts, but the really important thing in this life is to actually get out there and work at something. Like actually do some work in the world. Yeah. And then yeah he okay. Kind of he's like, a doofus. I feel ya. <laughs> He's a doofus. He's like, I don't know if he's a redeemable doofus is what I'm saying. <laughs> well, I, yeah, I, I don't know about the word redeemable in the context of a lot of these situations. I mean, some of what's so sad about these situations is like there is no way out. Like truly. Right. I mean, in, in some well, ways, yeah, yeah. the thing that is he's the done. way out for Vanya and Sonia is something that never occurs to them, which is like if Sonia truly does sell the estate, maybe she should sell it and they together should buy their little estate in Finland or whatever the professor's crazy suggestion is about all that. But I, but I, I mean, I think that what, what potentially that point of view misses from the professor is he has some uh, really lovely stuff in the beginning of act two about how he knows his wife is 20 years younger than him about how he knows that he's about to die about how he knows that she's probably unhappy with him about how he's in pain all the time. 
and about how this is a person who's who also thought he was a genius. I mean, I know that that face value that sounds like a fairly unsympathetic <laughs> point of view, but like yeah. he also thought he was a famous author and writer and thinker about art, and then he gets thrown out on his ear by the university and real and too realizes that his career has basically come now. Does he realize that, or does everybody else realize it for him? I don't know. But the, in a similar way that Vanya articulates about the pain of wasting his life. The professor doesn't necessarily articulate that, but I think he and Vanya are aligned in feeling that or struggling with that feeling in this moment. And even if we are able to judge him in a way that the, <laughs> I, I don't think that Chekhov does, I guess I'll say it that mm. way. The audience might because he's a total doofus, but I don't know that Chekhov judges him in that way. Yeah, I mean, I I I I do not have the credentials to to guess exactly at what he's. <laughs> I, I think I do think that line is a little bit of a tell, though. Um, I don't I don't see a lot of the characters being like uber cruel in this play. Um, and for for him to leave the doctor with that sort of like cruel remark, um, uh, about because the doctor's like throughout the play, the doctor, <laughs> despite the fact that he's often around, um, at this place, he talks about his life, and it's like it's it's rough. Here, here's like a wild theory, though. I, I don't have a lot of, <laughs> I I don't I don't know exactly whether this is true or not, but let me suggest it. The professor does not like the doctor. I mean that from the beginning of the play, he does not like the doctor. We know that the doctor's in love with Elena. We know that she at least has had feelings for him in the past. <laughs> I do think there is a question of, does the professor know that yeah. there is this thing between the doctor and his new wife? And, mm. that, and does that cause him pain? And is that a part of this relationship that goes mostly unspoken in the play? That could very well be. I will. I, I will. I will rest my case on the villainy <laughs> of. Well, he's of a, Alexander. It's it's a really it's a question though of the audience versus the playwright. Truly, because yeah, yeah. we I think experience the play reading it in a way that we only can experience because of what Chekhov has done. I mean, the play would be ludicrous, I think, if at the end of the play the professor said, "Sorry, Vanya, I'm selling it anyway, sucker." I mean, right. it would just be, he would just be evil and awful and poor Vanya is a total victim. But the professor, to his credit, as soon as Vanya has his monologue about, uh, I can't believe you're doing this to me. I spent my 20 years, blah, 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 blah. Look at how you've abused and oppressed me all along. The professor immediately goes, okay, okay, we're not selling it. Jeez. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. Well, so back off. I'm sorry I brought it up. Yeah. Which is another interesting part. And this was this this is a we're, we're we're coming along to the end of the podcast, but I think this is also a piece of why Vanya like occupies this like the title of the play, for instance, even though there's all these other strong characters. I, I have that question too. I'm glad we're about to discuss this. Why the play yeah. is called Uncle Vanya. Right, because I mean, there's lots of potential. He's like one of, I would call him one of the three really central characters, but only one mm -hmm. of the three. And I think he actually <laughs> is given sort of unfair weight in our experience just because we know the play's called Uncle Vanya. Like, right, I wonder so if the we're play were just called, like, The Farm. Or, or the <laughs> subtitle of the play, for example, is Scenes from a Country Life or Scenes from a Provincial Life or whatever. What if it were just called Country Life? Like, would right. we still be like, man, it's all about Vanya. It's all about this uncle. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, but, but, but one scene that, like, I, at least for me, spoke to me in this, this, this time going through it um, was after he shoots at Alexander, he's talking to Astrov, um, and he's, it's in the scene where Astrov is trying to get him to give up the morphine. Um, and he has this scene where he's like, you know what the crazy thing is? I just shot at a man and I just shot at a man twice. And first of all, missed both times. And I feel like, why, why did I put all that energy into it and miss? Second of all, um, no one seems to care. I'm not going to get arrested. They're just going to blow by it. And you know what that means? It, it means that they don't think I'm vile. It means that they think I'm crazy and they, they just, they just don't value where I'm at at all. Um, and, and like that he feels like the, the level of unseen that he feels that, that I think is in that line for Vanya, like I think speaks to later on, he says to Sonia, you just don't understand how miserable I am. 
And and especially in that scene, said to Sonia, who is also in a pretty miserable spot. It's a little hard, like, cer- certainly there's some empathy there, but I think this is the scene where some of that empathy comes from, is like, I just did the most ridiculous, over-the-top thing that I could possibly do. And just everyone's moving on. And they're going to leave me here to just do out my days, finishing out this estate the way I've always done. Um, and I'm just going to die doing this. Eventually. It's one of the most, weirdly the most tragic things about this play is that uncle Vanya does this thing that is supposed to be like the big life changing thing in his world. He's going to shoot the man who he spent his whole life sending money to, who's never respected him, who in the end was no, not a genius, but a total doofus and who he's totally wasted his life taking care of his daughter, raising this kid that he just abandoned in the country. And at the end of the time, this guy's going to sell the farm out from under him. After all these years of working, he's going to stand up for himself and shoot this doofus between the eyes, and he misses, and nothing happens. Yeah. This big, life-changing thing Vanya was going to do for himself. Now, granted, it was murder, so I'm not like saying it's a good thing, but <laughs> right. it, it was the thing he was going to do that was going to change his life, get some justice for himself once and for all, and it doesn't matter. Yep. I mean, that is tragic. Mm-hmm. And it, it's this is um this is a great example of a stranger comes to town play, right? I mean, the classic example is Music Man, of course. But I would say Uncle Vanya is just as classic an example. This is this country estate where these people are cash-strapped. They're working to support these aristocrats in the city who who finally move to the farm. And I would say that might be the, if there was an inciting incident that happens in the action of the play, it's when Uncle Vanya announces, oh no, they're not li- they're not just visiting for the weekend, they're going to live here. Right. Forever. (laughs) And this is a play about the clash, in part at least, I think, about the clash of those cultures. And in the end, those cultures cannot coexist. And it's clear the way in which the urbanites value the rural folks. And that's why one of the things that I rediscovered about this play, I wonder if you feel the same, Jackson, was like, this play is so stinking relevant. It is. I mean, (laughs) can you believe it? 125 years later, this is a play about a clash between urban and rural cultures. It's a play about the way in which businesses are destroying the environment. It's a play about the way in which the rich are abusing and taking money out of the mouths of the people who are actually working to feed them and to pay for their yachts and their excursions in the city. It's a play about feeling like you work your whole life just to feed the system. And at the end, you have nothing to show for it. I mean, this play, it's like, yeah, this play could be written now. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's full, full of so many relevant themes. It'd be really interesting to see a kind of recontextualization, like playing with, with trying to set it in a different time. Um, and, and yeah, it just, it's just, it's just so full. It's so full of like what education is for like all of these people, like the, especially the conversations between um, Astrov and Vanya, you get the, like, you know, the, the, the uh, overworked, underpaid and unappreciated um, <laughs> sort of vibe from these people. Um, even though they are quite educated people, like they have pretty profound thoughts and philosophy that they're trying to talk about, but they just, they, they, they haven't found the outlet for that. Um, and so, and, yeah. Oh, I, but I, I want to quibble with that. It's not that they <laughs> haven't found the outlet for it. The outlet has been taken from them. Yes. I mean, period. Yes. These are people who have no way to advance their life because mm-hmm. of these urbanite rich folk who want to live their life in a certain way and literally take life opportunity out of the mouths of others. It's a great play. We can we can, we could keep talking about it. This is probably one of the longer episodes of the season that 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 we've had so well, far. It's and it, fitting. It's, it's probably fitting. the best play we'll do our whole season. I mean, <laughs> and we got a hey, look. That's not disrespect. We got a lot of great plays. But I, I mean, for the tenth time this episode, I just got to say, man, I picked up this play again and just. If you haven't like checked out Uncle Vanya recently, if you like read it in college and you're like, yeah, it's the last time I'm ever going to read that play, come back to it. Yeah. Come back to the master 
and let <laughs> Chekhov show you how it's done. I mean, I've been yeah. doing theater for 15, 20 years now, and like I came back and was like, Chekhov knows how to do this thing. <laughs> right, I got right. a lot to learn. Chekhov knew what he was doing, man. <laughs> this play is so good. Right. And, and, and yeah, it's, it's super good, super good, especially, uh, I mean, I think there's something to be said for like people who have done theater for 10 to 15 years coming back to it and finding the really good parts of it. Cause it's written to like, you know, your late, your, your thirties, your forties, <laughs> like still trying to grind through and find the art in life. Um, and he just speaks into those themes really, really well. Um, we'd love to keep talking about this play. We're going to stop now, but we don't have to stop. <laughs> We don't have which, to stop. What you all didn't see was like the way Jackson looked at me, like, you got to stop now, man. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't have to end the conversation. We can still continue it with all of you out there in Podcastville. Today it's Ville. Um, we'd love to keep talking with you. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at the username at NoScriptPodcast. We also have a Gmail, NoScriptPodcast at gmail.com. Find us on any of those sites. If you have been in Uncle Vanya, if you've read it, surely some of you have read it. Um, if you have uh, uh, acted in it, directed it, um, we'd love to keep talking about Uncle Vanya with all of you. Absolutely. If you've liked this episode or any of our other episodes, please tell your family, your friends, anybody you know that likes scripts, drama, storytelling, theater whatever send them our way there's something for everybody at no script the podcast we That's are true. on uh podbeam where we're hosted we're also on google play apple Podcasts, spotify and youtube and also if you haven't yet like us on facebook because every monday when the new episode is posted the episode will just appear in your feed as long as you follow and keep up with no script that'd be a great way for folks that are a little less tech savvy to find us if they have a facebook they could just find our facebook page and every episode is there for them to just click and it'll show up and play from there. We're still coming at you with another great script next week. We also have themed month coming in just a couple weeks. So get excited for that. But until next week, I am Jackson Nikolai. I'm Jacob Mann Christensen. Thanks for joining us for No Script the Podcast.